for this podcast that has prided itself on uh, covering Texas Olympic sports. It's a shame we haven't had anyone from either tennis team make it on the pod in the six-year history of it. So we're finally solving that problem today. Uh, and these two gentlemen are the first ones to uh, grace us grace us with their presence. So from the Georgia Tech men's tennis team, we have Kenny Thornton and Kevin King. Y'all, welcome so much to the Science of the Southland. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, for those listening, if these names aren't familiar to you, uh, A, they're both alumni. Very important thing here uh but these are uh the head coach and assistant coach of the georgia tech men's tennis team um and so before we get into what 2024 is going to look like for y'all um i want to ask how y'all both got to tech uh because those are those stories are always fun for us so uh candy i'll start with you since you were first here uh what what led you to apply to tech what was your student life like uh just give us that story yes i was uh okay i was back in the 80s if you remember that far back but i was uh, not alive <laughs> yeah I, I was looking for a very good uh uh school that was going to meet my academic desires and i i wanted to probably go into something uh engineering and uh and also uh, a, a good tennis school in tennis city and uh yeah. so when i visited georgia tech it it was a natural fit and uh i came here uh right after i graduated in 1984 and uh spent four years and little extra we're on the quarter system at the time so spent mm -hmm. a couple i think one extra quarter here um came in with a good friend of mine brian shelton at the same time who was the women's coach here both um graduated and uh i would say my buddy here, Kevin King, graduated a little more honors than I did. I, I actually got out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a different era back then. It was a different era in terms it of it was a little different. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. say I can. I, yeah, we can we can tell those stories later. But um, went on the pro tour for about uh, eight years and then had the pleasure of uh, uh, coming back and, and being assistant coach for uh, one season and then uh, took over as head coach right after that. So it's an honor, a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we've kept you all, kept you around as long as we have. There's a lot of <laughs> the tech life, tech lifers are, are the fun ones to talk to. Uh, Kevin, what, I mean, obviously much more recent story, but, and one that's currently a line closer to mine. So I was here the last five, six years, but what, what, how, how'd you get to tech? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Atlanta, uh, started playing tennis at a young age and uh, knew a lot about the Georgia Tech program. But, uh, you know, growing up, my main goal was to play professional tennis. And like Kenny said, he had a, a great pro career and he had a great reputation of being the developmental coach. So I knew that's something I was really looking forward to in college. Um, and then that with the academics. I mean, I enjoyed math and science growing up, didn't really know anything about engineering. But uh, it seemed like a good fit, and I really wanted to make the most and get a good education. Uh, so it really, it really was a perfect fit, and uh, I was able to play pro tennis afterwards for eight years, just like Kenny. And uh, when the opportunity came to coach here under Kenny, it was a no-brainer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Does does uh, Kenny ever give any back in my day kind of things? Always <laughs> that you both three are very different times. Yeah, a little bit. I think uh, myself and the current students uh, sometimes need a little perspective uh, <laughs> of how it used to be. So he he brings a great uh, great view on things. Fortunately, they didn't have the iPhones back then, so you didn't have yeah. As much as you do now so you can make up a lot more stories i remember hearing about i remember hearing the stories about having to go to the gym to like sign up for classes and stuff like that like it, the, oh, there's so many different things i've heard from 
folks that were here along at least oh, the students. computer lab you had the computer lab that's you right yeah the computer lab to do your cs homework and you had to wait on a computer so that isn't basic yeah so that was <laughs> interesting at the time very interesting i was there i was there for the last days of, of t-square that was that yeah. was what i was that was the last that was the first thing i saw die while i was at tech before they shifted <laughs> to canvas so and that felt that thing felt old when i was on that thing too <laughs> so um i want to ask about well i guess talk about things that have changed over time i wanted to ask about tennis recruiting and how that's changed over time because i only played more no more than just just playing with folks in my neighborhood played with my dad and stuff like that um and i know there's a lot of really good talent in atlanta and at georgia as well um but looking at the roster you know, there's only so many spots you have but it's you got your got your georgians but you got some europeans you got a guy from california how is over time recruiting changed has it gone from a more just whoever you have locally to you can spread your wings internationally throughout the u.s so what's how's that gone yeah, I think uh, in in the past we've tried to get as many Georgia players as possible. It's it's been a goal of ours, and mm -hmm. and the U.S. players. You know, tennis is such an international sport. It's easy to jump out and and head uh, anywhere in uh, Europe. And tennis is probably your second most popular sport. So you're getting your yeah. best athletes in tennis, in a lot of these different countries, but. We felt like Georgia has, has done a good job developing players, so we wanted to get the top players out of Georgia, and and we've had some pretty good success doing that. Uh, and then, uh, on, you know, give our uh, American players the best chance to develop and and hopefully go on the pro tour after they uh, graduate here. So recruiting has, uh, I mean, I, I would say recruiting has changed a ton over the past three years. Okay. Uh, it, it's you know, probably not as much throughout uh, my first 20 years or so, or 22 or three years. And, right. and literally, obviously, with the NLI and all the other things that have come up here, things have started to change very rapidly. Um, mm -hmm. But Georgia has been uh, known to have some of the best players. We we're fortunate to get Kevin was one of the top players out of Georgia, uh, as well as one of the one of the top in the nation. And uh so we we really felt like and, and obviously you get a Georgia player, they know the rivalries, they know yeah. uh, it, 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 you're not having to teach them anything. Some of the guys from, you know, we brought in international have to learn the college system, have to learn some of the rivalries, have to kind of understand things, which right. it doesn't take long. Uh, they're all competitors, so, mm -hmm. so they get it. But it is good to have a good mix of players from uh a lot of different areas. We have guys that go over to uh, Europe in the summers and, and stay with some of the guys on the team that are from there and they oh, get nice. a, an experience to play tournaments over there. So uh, it, I think it's very important to have an, you know, an international uh, player or two on the team and, and to have that experience for your other players. Yeah. You mentioned NIL I guess that obviously that changes everything sports wise. Have what have y'all noticed in terms of how you've wanted to, or like how have you have you approached that? Is that something you want to attack early? Or is that just we'll keep doing some of the same and then figure it out from there? What's what's been the idea there? Yeah, I mean it's definitely interesting. I just started. This is my third season, so the NIL was starting kind of when I was coming in, mm -hmm. but I think it's starting to play more and more of a role in the recruiting. Uh, mm -hmm. I think. The, the whole fundraising side of it is really interesting. And I feel like the rules are constantly changing on what yep. you can do, what you can't yep. do. But, uh, you know, I know 
historically college sports, it's, you know, more of an amateur sport. So it's kind of finding that balance of really supporting the players, getting as much as you can for them, but also keeping that uh, amateur feel right. in college tennis uh, before they go out onto the pro tour. So it's What's definitely it? an interesting dynamic, but it's yeah. been fun learning the the ins and outs of it. Which I guess there's the unique challenge of it too, is that of all sports, tennis is one where you can play pro sooner than most other sports as well. So I, I know Andres has played in some tournaments. I've seen him at the Atlanta Open and stuff like that. So I guess that's just another thing to add into that. Well, you never know when you could be playing bigger tournaments, but then also getting some of that money just from playing at Tech as well. So right. Well, there's an interesting thing. You can you can play pro tournaments, uh, and you can get NIL money, unlimited. Yeah. The prize money is That's regulated. Loaded. Yeah, right. So it had you cannot get more prize money than your expenses. So mm, okay. it's still okay. he could like Andres could go play the Atlanta Open. If he makes six thousand dollars, he has to have six thousand dollars of expenses. But the expenses can be throughout the whole year. So okay. It, okay. if you're playing other pro tournaments throughout the year and accumulate those expenses, but by the year end, it has to. It, it interesting so he's so he's booking the best hotel room at atlantic station when he's playing <laughs> the atlanta Open. If he, hopefully <laughs> that means he's winning so yeah that's right yeah yeah that, i mean top floor of the 12 i hope he's getting that that'd that's be, right that'd be, that'd be good stuff um i'd be remiss if i didn't mention chris eubanks on a georgia tech tennis ep, uh tennis episode um kevin i know you played with him in the pro circuit some and then we're in the box at in, in london at wimbledon um i've watched wimbledon my whole life and i've got to ask like what is it like to be in one of the most like unique places to watch tennis um, and then be there during a very a, literally a globally famous run at the same time. Uh, it was incredible. I think growing up uh, for most tennis players, myself included, Wimbledon was the one tournament that you look up to as, mm -hmm. you know, the, the one you want to be at the one you want to play at and just being, being there, being able to see Chris's run was really special. Uh, he's done such a great job representing Georgia tech and, uh, you know, just to be a little part of that was was really cool. But it's really a magical feeling going out there, watching him on some of the stadium courts and mm -hmm. seeing the success he's having. It was really special. I never thought I'd hear Brad Gilbert during just the side studio parts just saying rambling wreck like five times a day. I did not have that on my bingo card for last year. Were you wearing Georgia Tech gear intentionally during those matches, too? Because that is some elite branding for the institute. Oh, I was actually have. over there uh, recruiting at junior Wimbledon. So okay, okay. You know, Chris wasn't playing. I was on the outside courts watching the juniors play. So I was in all Georgia tech year. And when Chris would play, I'd hop over, watch the match. Oh, nice. Obviously still in the tech year. So that worked out well. So That's we really actually cool. had that. Uh, he, he had this GT hat that right before he was leaving, he had this little bit older GT hat. Mm -hmm. And Rodney Harmon, our women's coach, came up to him and said, you can't wear that hat. And you're going up there. <laughs> so he he brings that. He just received these hats uh, that day and, and gave him this gold GT. Oh, that's fantastic. Hat. And that was the hat that Kevin had on TV. <laughs> he didn't know that thing was going to be on TV the whole time. So that's amazing. It was, a, it was a good give. Good timing. Good stuff by Rodney. Um, did you all notice that he, outside of the press that came with the fact that it's like, okay, yeah, Chris played at georgia tech that was the way you could relate to the american audience was there any extra attention to the program just as a whole that was maybe just a little more than you would usually get on a standard summer yeah absolutely i think uh especially in the recruiting side of things a lot more people saw the name georgia tech saw chris eubanks doing well 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we love developing players. And I think having a player that came through here have that kind of success really kind of opened the door to some conversations with some more people. And I think outside of athletics also in the school, a lot of uh, there was a lot of recognition uh, for Chris. And yeah. I think that was really great for the program, great for the school as a whole. Yeah, we had uh, I was actually recruiting down at the uh, national clay courts at the time. And uh, you, we the clubhouse there where, where everybody was playing was showing uh, Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. So I would instead of going out there, I would I would kind of rally people to come in and let's just watch Wimbledon. Uh-huh. And so Chris Chris just happened to be on there, so I, it was uh, a, a pretty popular time. But we did get calls, and and like Kevin said, from worldwide in and outside of tennis, which was really mm-hmm. special to to have that kind of recognition. And that's cool. We had the honor of going uh, just recently up to uh, President Cabrera. And Chris uh, presented him with a Wimbledon towel from Wimbledon. Oh, fantastic. So was, That's cool. Uh, it was a neat time and all, meeting all the staff. And uh, you didn't really realize how many people were actually watching it until you kind of start going out and and talking tennis with people. But that was a special time. Uh, that was really cool to watch. I, I forgot what – I think I was in – I think I was out of town, but the, the the time that they did they did the watch party at Coda, right? Like that that looked really cool, and I was really bummed I wasn't at that because that was they do when we can get a, a full would you get a full on watch party for a non tech specific event, but that's yeah, still that's, tech. That's it's really cool stuff. So I'm glad I'm glad he was able to y'all were able to you know get help from that as well. And uh, President Cabrera did a great job. What what he was it was a special time for a lot of people. That's really cool. Um, let's start looking forward uh, to this season, I guess, which is. Right around the corner now. Um, y'all got a lot of the same guys, the main guys from last year between uh, Martin, Daniel, Joe Prasachev, and the others. Um, of course, yeah, a lot of continuity. But what's exciting about this year in particular for y'all? Yeah, I think, like you said, so having uh, some of the seniors, uh, or really COVID seniors, that it'll mm-hmm. be their fifth year. But a couple of them came in a year early from high school, so they would normally be graduating about this time as well. So, uh, but we got some good leadership on the team. Uh, I think the the Interesting thing is going to be uh, the new guys who came in. Uh, we, we've got a, a few guys that got ranked, a couple of guys that got ranked mm-hmm. um, in the fall. And, uh, you know, the, the lineup is out there for anybody to take. And and we we don't just hand spots to people. You got to earn your spots. But at the same time, um, we take into consideration all the tournaments you've been playing over the over the break or in the fall and and try to do as well as we can. Tennis is unique in that right now we're sitting here and we're getting ready to start the season and we're coming off of uh Christmas break. We call it preseason, but we're mm-hmm. not actually able to work with the guys. So right. we'll have our first practice on Monday. Okay. And our first match on Sunday, basically. So um we've got to uh we we've got to get going quickly in these practices. But that's a lot in making sure that you have guys that are really working hard over the break. And we've mm-hmm. had guys out here training throughout the whole break and and the guys are, are at home are doing a good job there. So, yeah, we're going to jump on it really quick. But uh, that that does help to have have some of the guys coming back from the previous years. I'm curious about how you all build the schedule, because I know there's ITA events and there's ACC stuff that you just you just, you just got to play those. But then. The other matches you got, like we got get a lot of the local folks, but then also going to California and having Ivy League schools come down this year, which is a fun little wrinkle. Um, 
do y'all have a strategy for how you build that? Is there, I mean, I know convenience is a good thing. So you can play Mercer and Georgia State and teams like that. You just drive over and you're there. Uh, but what's the what, what's your thinking behind building the the schedule? Yeah, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Uh, the ACC schedule is set in advance, so you already know right. those matches you're going to play. But outside of that, you're looking, obviously, to play some tough top teams. We get that. We have a lot of uh, a lot of schools close that are really good. But you're also looking to get ranking points to try and get mm -hmm. either into the NCAA tournament or hosting uh, with top 16, right. which is huge come the end of the year. So you're looking at what teams are going to give you the best chance to get ranking points. And you're trying to schedule those as well. Uh, and we like to have a balance, you know, teams that maybe are ranked ahead of us, teams that are about our level. And then you're looking at teams where you can maybe have uh, more, more odds of winning. So mm -hmm. I think trying to find that balance, trying to, to maximize your ranking is what you're looking for when building the schedule. I think it gets interesting too, because, we're adding Stanford, Cal Berkeley, SMU. Yeah, true. So we're we're getting less and less flexibility of those matches outside of conference. So right. those are those become more and more important. And uh, with ACC, it's one of the it, I would say it's the best conference in tennis in the nation. Yeah. We've won, I think, you know, the, the NCAA title. I don't know if it's six of the last eight years or something. It's it's A pretty yeah. it's up there. So. Yeah. If you're winning an ACC title, you're you're really competing to win a national title. Uh, so, um, but yeah, adding those teams in there now, uh, we only have 25 dates between the fall and the spring. So the fall, we usually use four dates. So it's down to 21 dates in the spring. Mm, okay. And, you know, we add in 13, you know, 14. So you end up. You know, you got you got very yeah. little in tennis. We do double headers sometimes, and yeah. so that's uh, you know you got to be careful if you play a the second team of the day. You know, that's too tough. They're fresh. Right. You're coming yeah. off, and it it gets a little interesting. So the scheduling is uh, I I put it on Kevin this year. He's uh, nice. So if if it goes well, then he gets all the credit. If it goes bad, then it's my fault. There you go. <laughs> I, I was I was really my, so just the fact there's an Ivy League school coming down here was really cool to me. Both was that something specific y'all and the women figured out because I know Penn's coming down to play them as well. Was that just like oh this will be a fun thing to do or how did that come about? No, they they uh, actually sometimes they're scheduling trips to come down and they mm -hmm. they're asking and that you know we'll do that sometimes if we go up and play Boston College. Yeah, might want to play a Harvard or somebody. Right. We, we'll give a call out and that's just basically how it happened this time they were coming down to play already okay. That's so it's, cool. yeah, it's nice to host an ivy league game for sure yeah yeah hosting brown and then bama back to back that's just that, that's a weird dichotomy right there <laughs> <laughs> but, i'll leave it there that'll be fun it'll be that'll be fun to see um i don't want to ask like specifically how many matches y'all think you're going to win or anything like that because you got to play them you want to win them all of course but um does it feel like y'all have a higher ceiling than last year though no, your recruiting went pretty well um is there a specific barometer for success y'all have that will give give you all a sense of whether the, the the season was good for y'all or not yeah that's a i mean that's a great of course we, we our expectations are always very high i mean it's uh we want to host we'd love to host mm -hmm. uh, that means you're a top 16 team it's very difficult to do that it's just there's so many parameters coming with uh injuries of top players that type of thing comes mm -hmm. into play as you know in sports but no our expectations are high but but you know 
having said that, and we talk about it all the time, we have our goals, we put them up and uh, end of the day, if we compete like champions, then, then we're going to do really well this year. Uh, if if we get caught up in, you know, expectations and those types of things, it, it's going to be tough because yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of parity in college tennis. And we've seen that over the last few years where we've been pretty good and we've lost uh, some close four threes mm-hmm. that have really kind of hurt us in the past. And, you know, our expectations were high there. So I think it's, for us, it's going to come down to understanding that any of those teams that you're expected to beat, but you're oh, pretty close to, we got to get really motivated to for them to play well against us. And and I think we're going to do well. That's cool. I like that. I, uh, yeah, they, I, and the times I played tennis in, in some sort of com- competitive fashion, it just thinking anything beyond that point, whatever point or whatever game you're in is, definitely killed yeah. me so we had a, we had one of our top players Guillermo Gomez back in the day Kevin played with Guillermo and he was a great competitor he came and spoke to the team recently and and he works at Microsoft really successful guy really driven but I I, I think he's our he's got the most wins ever at Georgia Tech in tennis and he was telling the guys and you know he goes it's really easy to get up for Georgia it's easy to get up for your top right. play you know he goes y- y'all don't need to worry about that you'll be there you'll be fine uh he goes it's all those other teams he goes those are ones I was terrified to play and I go terrified that's an interesting word he goes no I was so scared I did mm. not want to lose to these teams I had right he goes, yeah. I got so up for those matches that and he never lost those matches yeah, he, wow. he absolutely refused to lose those matches, but he went into them scared, and the, and it was an interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean those teams don't they don't got anything to lose. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's different but, for them. So he was not afraid to compete against them. He was That's not beautiful. afraid if they started playing well, that didn't bother him. He was already expecting it. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a great mindset to go into learning how to you know finish out a full season of matches. So. Yeah. Hopefully our guys took that to heart. That'd be, yeah, hopefully that'll be the case. Um, I do want to, before we finish, I want to ask about uh, your tech favorites. Uh, so between food spots, buildings, professors, since you both were at tech. Uh, so uh, yeah, first favorite, favorite food spot on campus or nearby? <laughs> go ahead. Wow, that's a great question. And we go to Chen Drum all the time. I hate to say that, but do we? I, to... I do too. I do too. So I, I, We just end up there. I don't know if that's like a favorite spot, but. Yeah, tin drum on campus is yeah hard to beat. Uh, Georgia Tech Hotel uh, breakfast breakfast is really okay special. Yeah, they have a great buffet breakfast. Our there, guys so. love that. They they get a Georgia Tech breakfast pre match. They're set. That's the best start to the day. Okay, I did. I, I despite being on campus for six years, that, that has never come to mind. So all right, I'll, I'll put that in the back pocket. Uh, favorite building that is not Ken Byers. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um. It's definitely not Skiles, okay? And let agreed, me agreed, that. agreed. Is that okay? That's absolutely correct, it's yeah. It's not the, the old computer lab. So um, I I will, I'll have to, where could I go back to? Um, Woodruff was like the coolest place that I was at when it, in my day. And right, it's yeah. not anymore, but it was no, like okay. the desired place to live. Isn't that yeah. amazing? No, I no, I've yeah, I've talked to people like that? yeah, no, like I've talked to people who were like I so when I got to campus was when they shut down the buffet, 
Um, so I completely missed that era. And they had opened West Village when I got to campus. And people, even then, people were like, oh, yeah, this used to be the thing. And I'm like, this doesn't look fancy to me. It doesn't look like, yeah, no, that was, that was my place. So that's, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to old school. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I, I studied mechanical engineering here. So our uh, mechanical engineering building, it's a little unassuming on the outside. And then you yeah. go in and it's uh, really cool inside. So that was, yeah. I enjoyed that more and more every year I was here. I, I love that place. Nice. And then lastly, do you have any professors that you, that you love that you still think about uh, that left an impression? <laughs> so, you know, it could be very different things. Okay, so, different so you said that you still think about and that you love. Is there an opposite to that? Because that's a good point. That's, that could be a lot of different things. My first uh, class let's that get... I showed up to was a calculus class. And I sat down and it was, I told you, I came with Brian Shelton. We sat and, mm -hmm. and looked at this, looked in this classroom and we're going, this guy had the board filled up. I didn't think we were late. We we're like maybe a minute late because we couldn't <laughs> find the class. He had the board filled up with all this stuff. And we're like, man, we got in the wrong class. Went back and said, to our, our academic advisor, you know, what, where is this classroom? And she goes, no, you were in the right class. They are already like day three, it looked like. I went back there and that professor, he, he, he didn't care whether you're an athlete or whether you, you know, you're, yeah. a, you know, the, the best student in the class, he was gonna, he was gonna get you going. So that kind of terrified me. I think I still have nightmares, but we did okay in that class. We, and it was, we're better for it. There you go. We're yes. much better for it. Yes. Yeah, for me, uh, I had a professor in uh, College of Engineering, Professor Jacobs, who's now, he's still at Georgia Tech. He's a vice provost, but I still keep in touch with him. Nice. I loved his class, and uh, he followed me when I was playing professionally afterwards, and uh, we still stay in touch a little bit. So he was a great professor, nice. great guy. Uh, so that was a great relationship there. All the IE professors were phenomenal Yeah, back in the day. We had, we had some great ones, so... Those uh, and they continue to do such a good job in the industrial yeah. engineering department. An incredible school, and I was honored to go through it. But yeah, that's really good. I was in business, so a much much different experience compared comparatively. But uh, they they got some good folks in there as well. Um, Kenny and Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I will certainly be at as many matches as I can get as Please I can get follow. to. So I will be hopefully I'll get a chance to say hi to you in person there. Um, but beyond that, thanks for coming on. Love to have you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks again to Kevin and Kenny for coming on the podcast. That was actually easily one of my more favorite interviews I've done with the uh, folks from Georgia Tech, just anywhere. Uh, it was a fun faces. It's always good to have folks that have been around the Institute for a long time and have good stories to tell. So hopefully we'll, I think we'll definitely have them back on again. I think that was, that they, they earned, they earned a second time. Uh, I wanted to just give a, like, just a top down overview of what the season's going to look like uh, for the team. And just a general idea of if you're new to college tennis, what this all, how this all goes down um, for one, the ranking system you want to follow is the ITA rankings. ITA, um, the that is where you will find uh, it rankings for team singles and doubles. Uh, the singles and doubles rankings are not out right now, but there is preseason team rankings. Um, Georgia Tech is not ranked on the guys side. On the girls side, we are ranked twentieth. Let me go through the guys side initially. Some context, as is the case with basically every other sport, uh, the ACC is extremely competitive in both men's and women's tennis and has a lot of ranked teams that we're dealing with. So we always play a very stacked conference schedule. On the men's side, Virginia is the number one ranked team, and then there are plenty of other ranked teams, and I'm going to include the incoming ones in 2024 just for the sake of argument here, just to kind of emphasize the point. Uh, Stanford ranked ninth, Duke, Duke ranked eighth, 
uh, UNC ranked 13th, Wake Forest ranked 15th, Florida State 20th, North Carolina State 21st. So lots of teams there on the guys' side. On the girls' side, this is where we are ranked. Uh, North Carolina is ranked number one on the girls' side. Stanford is four. North Carolina State is nine. Virginia is 12. Duke is 15. Cal is 19. Tech is 21. Miami is 21st. Uh, so tons of teams there, and we're going to play a lot of these teams going forward. Of course, not Cal and Stanford quite yet, but we're going to get there eventually in 2025. Um, this is a large sample size of teams that we are, that are very tough to play. We're Tech has a history of losing some nail biters um, to a lot of these teams, and there's certainly, we certainly are competitive, and we have the players to put up to win any match we have we can get our hands on. So I think there's no reason why this team can't. Uh, be really competitive, and as Kenny said, they want to host, and that's the goal for both the men's and the women's teams uh, to be in that top 16 stretch and host the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, we'll get into how the tournament structure works and everything in later episodes, so stay tuned for that. But for what you need to know now, um, they're going to play a mix of uh, most of the matches now are going to be head-to-head. There is a couple ITA invitational tournaments that both the men's and women's teams will play. Um, George, uh, the men's team gets started this Sunday at home. So you can see them this Sunday, January 14th uh, at noon. They're going to play Brown, as I was talking about with uh, Kenny and Kevin. And then the next day they on MLK Day, they host Alabama also at noon. Um, every match at Ken Byers is free to come to. So absolutely go at any time you want. Um, if it's cold, they play inside. Or if it's raining, they play inside. And when it's outside, when it's nice outside, it is so nice outside. And they play in on the outdoor courts. And it's a really fun time to go to those matches. Um Scheduling-wise, I don't want to rehash that because I talked about that with Kenny and Kevin. Um, we the In terms of big matches, Georgia is going to be on the road for the guys. Georgia's very, very good. Uh, and then the women are, are going to play Georgia at home at Ken Byers on campus. Um, in terms of those notable teams that the ACC has that the guys play, they play North Carolina, they play Duke, they play Wake Forest, and they play North Carolina State back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back all on the road. Uh, so that's going to be insane. Uh, and then we host Boston College, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Louis, uh, at home, as well as Virginia Tech. And then Virginia, we have to host to wrap up the season. So, you know, that's going to be fun. Uh, the women, on the other hand, uh, they have a similarly pretty tough schedule. Um, they're going to start at the Michigan Invitational. Michigan is also ranked on the women's side. Uh, they will not be on campus until January 30, uh, Tuesday, when they play Georgia State. Uh Notable matches to come out to if you want to come see the girls play. Uh, Northwestern, February 4, would be a great one. That's a Sunday at noon. Uh, I believe that is the weekend where there is no NFL football, so a very good weekend to come hang out on campus if you so please. Uh, as I mentioned about the Ivy League matchups, Tech's match against Penn is February 17th on a Saturday. It's an 11 a.m. match, and then the next day Georgia comes to town uh, on Sunday the 18th. Uh, then they're going to have an ACC slate, which includes tough teams like Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Florida State, Miami. A lot of those matches, sadly, are on there. A lot of the ranked teams, Tech, both on the men's and women's sides, we got to play on the road. So rough, rough draw there. Uh, not every ACC team has a tennis team, which is why you end up playing. A, we end up playing a lot of the same teams over and over. In that case, in that if there, it's not like football or baseball where almost everyone has a team, and so we can play a rotation of them, uh, per, like in other sports. So I want to give some shout outs to the roster on the women's side because there's some really big names there. Uh, the ones to look out for: Kylie Bilchev, Carol Lee, Kate Shirabura, and Alejandra Cruz. They, they are and Ruth Marsh. Uh, these these are the returning folks or the seniors on this team. And Mahak Jang. Uh, they've been around for a bit. They're really good. Uh, Kylie Bilchev and Carol Lee, for the most part, are your top line people to, to look out for. Uh, and then we have some freshmen here: Mira Jasudison, Given Roach, Ginger Foster. Uh, and those are those are our freshmen for this year. So uh, I think that's all 
we really y'all really need to know at this point um thanks for listening uh this is talking to the folks at georgia tech is one of our favorite favorite things that we get to do um if you do not know or if you're new to this podcast uh we are all from we are this is all a product of from the rumbleseek.com which is the sb nation site for all things georgia tech news and stuff uh we kind of point ourselves more towards at least on the podcast we try to cover things that isn't usually getting as much coverage so hence tennis we do we, we cover football and basketball and all the all the good stuff uh, but we always make sure that every other team on campus uh makes sure it gets their day in the sun with us as well so um if you've been around to the podcast and you know what's going on here just some recent episodes that you might enjoy uh we covered the new comprehensive campus plan uh which is so that's kind of a non-sports episode but in that episode there is a very large strategic plan that tech is going to take into 2031 and how campus evolves how it relates with the rest of the city of Atlanta, how it tr- relates itself with the environment at Georgia Tech as well. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff there that Jake Grant, one of our co-hosts, uh, dove into really well for us. Um, our most recent episode was episode number 200 of this, canonically, of the podcast. And so we brought back some of our old hosts from years past to help uh, do that episode with us and do some remembering of some times and to kind of just refresh why we're here. And that is to um, be a place where people that love Georgia Tech can listen to George Tech alums talk about the athletics of everything some of the non-athletic stuff um and just kind of be a place where you can hear some more in-depth news and thoughts on play on the parts of campus and the sports world that usually don't get as much attention as they should honestly so that's where we're at uh, my name is Jack Purdy you can find us at from the rumble you can find me at Jack Nicholas on Twitter uh you can find uh, the, uh, the the blog on Twitter at FTRS blog. Uh, these episodes are posted on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as we always put a link up to it on the website as well. So with that, thanks for listening. We will be back very soon. <laughs>